You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You are listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops for the intelligent wrestling fan. And now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Alley and Vlad the Impaler. We are back, High Spots and Cheap Pops, rolling along, baby. And we are now going to go into our second favorite wrestling program. And it's second just because Raw is such a piece of shit. AEW Dynamite. I thought it was a pretty solid show this week overall. And a lot of interesting things kind of thrown together, though. And it, again, we talked about it recently. Impaler, it reminds me a lot of WWE booking. They're just throwing it all together. They have a paper of sneaks. And we, they, we, I think we just found out a bunch of matches with really little build. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost as if they're booking WrestleMania themselves. <laughs> it's like a, it really is. Now, I'm starting to build a theory because they were so good the first year and a half or so. Yeah. I'm starting to think a theory is that now that they see the people coming back, maybe they waited a little bit to drag some of these big moments to have with people. That's my theory. Because it's been, uh, it because the quality of programming has dropped significantly very quickly. Maybe, you know, I mean, one of the bigger moments that they're supposed to have is the, uh, was it the stadium stampede match? But that's going to be like pre-taped, Oof. and and the inner circle might actually lose it. Well, that was pre-taped last year too, so I'm not going to kill him for that. And their inner circle might lose it. Let's actually let's lead with that because that probably is the biggest story of the night. Yeah. So inner circle comes out. We obviously know what happened the week before. And Pinnacle basically said, if you want us again, if we beat you, because we beat you last time, we beat you, you have to disband. And then I'll tell you what, the inner circle comes out and they cut a promo like it's going to be the end. It was it's very reminiscent of let's go win one for the Gipper kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't you didn't feel like warm and fuzzy being a inner circle fan uh hearing their 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 take on this match and it's almost as if they're setting us up for the fail. And let's talk about the elephant in the room. And I don't know what kind of internet reaction it got, but Jericho put over him getting thrown off the cage and he got booed. Yeah. Booed. And to Jericho's credit, he held that shit together and he won that crowd back to Jericho's credit. Yeah. But that's the first time you've seen Chris Jericho ever have the crowd do something he didn't want them to do to that extent. Yeah. Yeah, they were calling him out. Yeah, and then, and rightfully so. My yeah. my family was scared. You changed my life, and he put this over this thing that got was an embarrassment on the internet. And it's something that the I'm glad the faithful did that, and then Jericho yeah. deserved it. And the thing is, Jericho seemingly has this thing where he, he thinks he can spin it any way, and that's the way it, it is, and that's the way he believes it's going to be, and. It, you know, very reminiscent of a former president in many ways. So I'm just saying. Howard Taft? Yes. 
of course. Okay. JFK. History is history is one of my strong suits. Well, my point is, is that he didn't own it. And that was the difference between John Moxley and the exploding ring and Jericho and what happened. Moxley made fun of it right after the match. They owned it right away. They said, okay, it was a fuck up. Oh, well, Kenny Omega didn't. They, they turned it into a work that right. Kenny was the one who actually designed it. And it actually made sense. It's like, okay. But Jericho's trying to talk to us like we're stupid. Yeah. And Jericho knows the wrestling community. He knows they are stupid. And he knows they he will be able to get half of, at least half the people to believe what he's saying. Yeah, he, he's definitely uh, capable of selling whatever he can to the crowd. So he's going to win most of them over. Yeah, but if he stops harping on, if he stops harping on it, and he'll you know, let people forget it, it'll it'll all be good again. But I, I think they're going to have to freshen things up here. And, and and to me, there's way too many. I, I love factions, but there's way too many of them, and it's going to be stagnant. And if you're going to keep like one of the oldest ones there, especially, like what else are you going to do with them at this moment? They yeah. got to start building. They got to start building Sammy as a guy like who could do stuff on his own. One thousand percent. Absolutely. And same thing with Ortiz and Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. Hager's whatever. I mean, Hager's going to have his moments. And Jericho might have a different role with the company. He's no longer, he's never going to be an AEW champion again. Maybe he will with kind of a fluke victory here and then he loses it shortly after. But, you know, in kind of like a victory tour kind of vibe before he, he puts his career on the line or puts his full time work on the line. So I think the inner circle does need to disband. I'm 100% in agreement with it. I'm wondering if any, any of those five turn heel or do they have a moment where they embrace? Now, the thing is, it is going to be pre-taped. So how do you have that moment? And they can make it work because they made it work last year. But are, what kind of moment are you going to have them have after that match? Or do you have, yeah, have that moment? They say the, the inner circle says goodbye on the following Wednesday. Yeah, that's probably the way they would handle it. But yeah, I don't see the pinnacle losing. I don't think they can lose. I wonder if Sammy's going to take a bump 20 feet again. great question man that was the other irony about that sammy went 20 feet on a one-winged angel (laughs) oh man oh man oh man oh man so that was probably the big thing i'm i'm with you 100 i think most of us are i think jericho is at a point where he needs to take some time off as one of the top stars on t- the television the only thing is, is no one's really taking the ball and run with it consistently uh, other than a few guys i mean there there have been like darby allen certainly had a nice run All right but omega has omega has not proven to really put on that much compelling television in the last couple months yeah, I actually thought this um, his um, promo backstage with uh, Callis and Orange Cassidy was one of his better ones of recent times. Yes, I would agree with that too. I would agree with that. 
And I still think there's going to be options. You know, can't, you haven't seen the best of Kenny Omega yet. I liked him playing the uh, EVP role, like sort of like I'm in power. This is the way it's going to be. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, like, and it was like him and Callis outsmarting uh, Orange Cassidy and, and they were more intimidating working that manner than having Gallows and Anderson behind them goofing around. Yeah. With Anderson with the sour face the whole time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's whatever they're friends having fun. Maybe there'll be some match that happens with the good brothers eventually. We'll see. But yeah, I, I just don't like the main event thrown together in the manner it was thrown together. You know, you were clearly going Hangman and Kenny and you replaced it with kind of a fart in the wind main event, which you know Omega is not... No one, neither one of these two guys are going over on Omega. No. You had a better chance of Cesaro beating Roman Reigns. Yeah. Maybe not a better chance, but... But it really, I, that that's part of my going to be my my bitch about AEW. It was a better show than what they've done the last couple of weeks, but it still feels rushed. Rusev and Lance Archer, good, solid segment. And got me a little excited about what these two guys are going to do. I love Lance Archer. Why is Jake Roberts still with him? Rusev cut the best. I keep on calling him Rusev shit. Miro. Miro cut the best promo of his career, in my opinion. Yeah, easy. The the line about the, the yoga line of, to the old man, Jake Roberts. Old man, when I'm done with you, no kind of yoga is going to help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What did he say about Darby Allen in the student films? <laughs> yeah, he was just he was ranting and raving and just this is what Rusev should have. This is what uh, Miro should have been. From the day he walked in there. Yeah, destroyer. Destroyer and just making fun of people because they're Yeah. He's from the he's from New York, so these are guys are tiny little insects to him. Yeah, man. I, I mean he's uh it, it was a really strong promo. It was a great promo by Archer as well. And just the Jake Roberts is out there to make me chuckle, really, at this point. I just want to be made fun of. If you just make, if all you do is make fun of Jake Roberts, leave him there. It was just like, yeah, he was getting, he, uh, Miro was just making fun of him verbally. And then, then the, the funny thing to me was um, Jake Roberts flailing about as if he'd be the one to, to be able to hold back Lance Archer if Lance Archer wanted to rush that ring for any reason. He's like, oh, he's like getting in, in front of him. And, <laughs> and, and, and it was like, like dude, like, like it made the ant look. Oh, man. Jake, they can do something. They can do something with Jake Roberts. This is not working with Lance Archer. I've been saying it for about a year now since Lance Archer debuted. Yeah. So, you know, that's my thing, but what have you? It's going to work. It's going to work its way out. So, but that that match is is something to look forward to now on that card. Yes, and they did a great job of getting me a little bit pumped up, considering they only have a week and a half, two weeks, not even two weeks to really get it going. Yeah, it's two big badass dudes who you would want to see fight in real life, and and they both have attitudes. Bad attitudes. Exactly. 
the worst of the worst. And um, <laughs> you guys have and, bad attitudes. And and you're going to actually be able to see these two guys in a match for some gold. And it's like, this is pretty cool. I This is probably the biggest Miro match that hasn't seen in WrestleMania. <laughs> it probably is. And I'll tell you what, Miro and he are, they're going to try to steal the show too. And this, this is an ep, this is a show that that could be possible if they have absolutely this this isn't and it does all and it will do a lot for both guys too which i love oh those two should absolutely try to steamboat macho this this pay-per-view and be the reason that people want to tune in the following wing on the following dynamite absolutely fantastic it really was so uh let's go let's run through the episode and Actually, before we do that, I would like to touch on one of the funniest things and coolest things I've seen from AEW, or from Eddie Kingston, rather. I loved how they took the Bucks' shoes. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was a funny funny little twist to that. I don't know. Eddie Kingston made me chuckle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not like amazingly won over it uh, by it. I do like the Bucks as heels and stuff. And I don't know. It's just part of the gimmick, I guess, them having, you know, $10,000 sneakers. And then Eddie Kingston is going into his roots and stealing them, of course. So, yeah, I guess there's some humor there. Uh, Dave, have you caught or heard any of the Matt Jackson promos that he's been doing on Being the Elite as a heel? Uh, yes. So this last one was really good, and he absolutely killed Eddie Kingston. Is that was it? Was it all the way towards the end? Was it at the end of yes. the episode? Yes, it was. All right, I I actually had a punch out early, and I'm going to go back and listen to that. I was wondering where you were, where you're going with this, but go on. Yeah, he just went off on Eddie Kingston. Basically, he was a curtain jerker all of his career, and that they were never really friends, and they were just being nice to him to be decent people, and basically just buried Eddie Kingston and buried Moxley, and he kept on saying, "I love those shoes," and he also reveal that the young bucks on their settings turned off comments so they basically put the world on mute so they can post whatever they want and they don't see anything right so and the bucks love it because now they can be the dicks to the, the shitty fans in the world but but yeah matt jackson really is cutting some really badass promo so i wanted to give him a shout out leading into that so i thought that they're they're doing a pretty good job of getting me interested but again it's i know the bucks aren't losing so it's hard for me to get excited for that match and you know what i know rusev's not losing and you know what i know omega's not losing but i do know one thing dr Britt baker dmd is going to be your new women's champion and that's exciting you're gonna i'm gonna hear you all the way from silicon valley to the great state of New Jersey when that moment happens. Uh, well, I mean, it's a long time coming. And honestly, it's going to be one of the highlights of the show. Oh, the you know what? The crowd reaction to her is going to be interesting, too. They're going to, she's going to be over. Yeah. So she's yeah. busted her ass and she turned a lot of people, including you and even me to a lesser extent. 
turned a lot of people around on her opinion of her, the work she's done over the last eight or nine months. And it's been incredible. And it started, I, I started enjoying her when she hurt her foot and when she hurt her leg and she started being the role model. Yeah. That's when I really started digging it. But uh, So let's do a little recap of AEW Dynamite. And we started out with Christian Cage and Matt Seidel. Christian Cage is, continues not to move the needle for me whatsoever. And, oh, but I will say this. to One more little comment about the Matt Jackson promo from being the, the elite this past week. Call Jim Ross the world's worst announcer. Wow. Which I thought was hilarious and truthful. And now truthful since the raw guy got fired. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, I was so disappointed about that. Oh, man. Yeah, I was crying with joy. (laughs) So obviously, Christian Cage won. Not a good match, but again, you never really thought Seidel was going to win that match. Um, the Acclaim versus Moxley and Kingston. And decent. wait, wait, wait. What aren't we skipping something with the uh the Christian Cage part? Didn't uh Team Taz come out? Oh yeah, I do jeez. Sorry, thank you. No problem. So after Cage wins, absolute Ricky Starks comes out. And he says, I'm letting you know, Christian Cage, I'm front and center between you and me, Christian Cage. And predictably, to a certain extent, Brian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, your favorite hook, beats the living shit out of Christian Cage and Matt Sallied out from behind. And then, of course, probably my favorite baby face right now, Hangman Adam Page comes out. And <laughs> I love this. Still, at, still the Hangman hands his drink to Ricky Starks. And then Adam Page does what Adam Page does, cleans house. But then the machine, Brian Cage, who is just a monster, man, hits, hits the hangman with a power bomb. And then uh, basically Taz calls the dogs off after Jim Ross was putting them over. Call them off, Taz. Burp, burp. <laughs> and I guess, J- I guess JR's got some stroke with Taz because that's what happened. Yeah, they're like, you're upsetting JR. Stop it. Yo, yo, you don't fuck with JR. You hear me? <laughs> it's the one thing Team Taz all agrees on. Apparently, no one can fuck with JR. He, he <laughs> is a terrible announcer now. There is no <laughs> doubt about that. Oh, see, you see, uh, he's tougher than a, a dollar steak. Tougher than a $2 steak. Yeah, he's a caricature of himself. Similar to yeah. John Sterling of the New York Yank of the uh, Radio Yankees broadcast. One of the greatest strikers in the business. One of the greatest strikers in his business, Marco Stunt. Love that kid. <laughs> pops. You would never think this is the kind of talent I love to see. You would never think 105 pounds will hurt you when they hit you, but it does what Marco Stunt does, I tell you, boy. I wonder when his contract is up. I hope it's soon because they will not resign him. Yeah, they'll put him on like, you know, like backs. They should just bring him out for like the one interview, like important interview leading into the uh, like a pay-per-view. Yeah, he's great at those. Do that. Yeah, do those, JR. 
you know? Or put them on friggin' dark where no one gives a shit. Because it's, I mean, Taz and Excalibur are funny, but they are as unprofessional as the day is long, and no one gives a shit, so fucking put JR there. Want to check out JR? Let him do it. It's a, it's a demotion, yeah, but I mean, Jesus Christ. It took him a year to get Jungle Boy's name right. He's like, hello, darkness, my old friend. You know what day it is. How about when he called the super kick party sweet chin music? Yeah. Oh, and Penelope Cruz has blue eyes. I mean, he's been terrible. Yeah, it's been awful. Yeah. Botchamania, I guess, stopped or whatever happened. What happened with Botchamania, by the way? You tweeted. Did we ever cover that? I know. They're back, I believe. It was Tony Khan was uh, trying to bust their balls about uh, using audio from AEW. That's a pussy move, Tony Khan. It was. You know what, man? Oh, boy. The fact that <laughs> I could see it. cracked in the AEW. The honeymoon is clearly over with me. Clearly. Yeah. It's over, man. I hate John Moxley now, pussy. I like Seth Rollins more. I'm just kidding. The acclaimed took on Moxley and Kingston. And yeah, I gotta say fast forward uh, through this match, homie. Yeah, I, I actually like the acclaimed man. I love Max Caster. Like, this is a good gimmick for these two guys. They play off each other well. Yeah. And the funny thing is, before they went to AEW, they were not a tag team. They were two single stars. But then okay. they, they put them together. And they know each other well because they work together very often. But they were never a tag team. So they have really blossomed. And I think they're going to be tag team champions. Max Caster is going to be a champion in some form. The guy has all the tools. And his yeah, raps are hilarious. Yeah, the... the uh... Uh, Dean Ambrose, uh, the, the, the Moxley uh, uh, wife comment about it, the Oral Sessions podcast. Great line. <laughs> I mean, he had to have cleared that with Moxley before he did that. <laughs> yeah, Moxley was like amused with it. And then what I loved was that when the uh, the other guy in uh, the acclaimed jumped in the ring and started doing his portion with the microphone, Anthony then Moxley, Moxley just did yeah, he had the jump start, and Moxley just went and attacked him, and it was just, like, hilarious. So, <laughs> And Jim Ross called it a resounding victory for, obviously, we knew Kingston and Moxley was going to win. Moxley ran the boom box. They actually cheated, though, which was interesting. They actually put the acclaimed over that they had to cheat to beat that Moxley and... And Kingston had a cheat to beat the acclaim, which I thought was pretty funny. They did a total heel thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, it was an interesting uh, way they went with that for sure. I wouldn't mind even seeing a little bit of a feud between those two teams. Yeah, I, any more Max Cass would be good for me and what they're doing. Yeah. They play, and then you're like, you just said, they have good ring chemistry and they do play with each other well. Tony Schiavone, all ego, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky. And Scorpio and Ethan Page, they're going to take on Darby Allen and Sting. And it's good. I thought the it was a good way they're going with Scorpio and Sting. And, 
you know, Scorpio basically saying you're washed up and he's no longer a kid. He looked up to him. I'm a grown man and I'm warning you to step aside or I'll put you down. Heavy words from Scorpio Sky. The heaviest man. And then Ethan Page already, you know, Ethan Page basically calls out Darby Allen, continue to go back to their previous history. And then as they were doing all that, the lights turned off and Sting went right into the ring. It's Sting! It's Sting! The snow began to fall in Jacksonville once again. Sting went right into the ring while Darby attacked Page and Sky with his skateboard. And then there was an exodus by Page and Sky and the Dark Order and, and Page and Sky had to figure out another way to do it and they escaped another route. But Dark Order made an appearance as well against Sky and Page. What was their beef with Sky and Page? I'm forgetting something. I don't understand it. They just they just send them there, send the Dark Order out at will whenever they feel like it. Who do you, well their their dick jokes are better than Gallows and Anderson is how it leaves. Uh yeah, I would give them that. And I tweeted at 10, and once again he liked my tweet. Wow. That's great, man. Yep, my my celebrity level is now a S. Wow. So MJF the Pinnacle kind of doing a horseman thing and MJF, you know, they're classy. They're eating at this big expensive restaurant. They're eating steak. And MJF says basically that the Pinnacle is going to end the inner circle because the Pinnacle is always on top. Did you, you know, you watched the segment, right? Yes. Do you remember uh, Wardlow drinking the bottle of wine? I actually missed that. Right in the beginning, he like downs an entire bottle of wine and they're just like watching him drink it. And then he's like, <laughs> he's great. just putting it down. Yeah. Like he's like, he's like a hammer as far as drinking. And, um, well, he's the first then, one uh, baby face. And I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely. And that was a great, like it was a great promo between, uh, with FTR up there as well, sitting at the head of the table. Yeah, I know they they are definitely second and third in that, or dually double. Yeah, second in that click for sure. Yeah, I just can't wait. And, I would love to see FTR versus version of the Young Bucks too. That would be what I'm really, really looking forward to. But they're not going to give that to you right away. They're going to let you play with it a little bit. And that's what I love about. I do say this about AEW. It makes sense when guys aren't messing with the title. In WWE, I always feel like the storyline are just shitty unless they're going for a title. I don't have a lot of, of emotion in this. But right. AEW does do a good job of keeping these storylines with, you know, mid-carter, secondary guys and kind of keeping these storylines interesting even when the title isn't involved. So that is a shout-out. And so good pro MJF and the pinnacle. And I didn't catch it. I got to go back and check that Wardlow thing. Yeah, and then did you catch uh, Sean Spears beating the shit out of the waiter? Yeah, I did catch that, yes. The waiter was disrespectful. He didn't handle his drink fast enough, evidently. It wasn't even close. You can't keep a man like Sean Spears. He's a chairman. 
He's like the loose cannon that'll just beat you up for no reason. So that's what they're doing with Sean Spears, which makes sense. Yeah, that's what that's what they're like doing. Is like they're selling him as like the uh, the hothead of, of the group, the Tommy in the Goodfellas character. Yeah, not as cool though. Definitely not as cool. All right. So next we had Rebel and Hikaru Shida. I actually did not see this segment. What did you think of it? I sort of fast-forwarded this. I'm a big Rebel fan, but uh, I fast-forwarded it. Well, I'll tell you what happened. Was Bruce it Baker groundbreaking? Won. Well, obviously, Rebel tapped out. Sheeta was yes. going to go over out, clearly. But Britt Baker blindsided Sheeta and curb-stomped Sheeta's face into the title belt. So I did, like Baker, I did like Britt Baker bringing out the curb-stomp, and they're calling it a curb-stomp. Yeah, it was a good one. It's a good finisher for her too, as like a second. It's a good, and it's a great way for a heel to introduce a new finisher. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's recognizable. It's a good move. And it also plays right into look, you're hurting the teeth, you're hurting the front of the face. It plays right into her other. So that's a really great wrinkle. Whoever came up with that for her new finisher, brilliant. Great job. Maybe it wasn't that great. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting it over too much. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> that, is, that is that is wasn't the wrong turn in the Survivor Series, you know. It has uh, Stenko Malenko written all over it. <laughs> and and by the way, folks, this is why Vlad the Impaler not only is a god when it comes to Facebook foretelling of professional wrestling and perspective, he is also the king of Segway as Stanko Malenko was coined by the great Chris Jericho, and we have the big announcement from Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle, which we've already referenced. And we talked about it. It was really kind of like, okay, this is going to be our last one. We're going out like heroes. Yeah, pretty much. That was kind of the thing. And we talked about how Chris Jericho put over that shitty finish and he hasn't me a couple again placating us treating me like i'm a moron and maybe i am chris jericho but i'm not this stupid okay for the record that's why i hope mjf pins your ass one two three three jericho anyways so i don't know i'm again i'm really glad they w faithful booed jericho when he tried putting it over but Jericho still contained his position. So you want anything to add on that one, Vlad? Anything else you got? I mean, I thought the promos were good for what they were doing, but again, with Jericho putting over that finish really turned me off a little bit, but he did get it back. Yeah, honestly, I'm just, I'm sort of looking forward to this feud being over at this point. And I just want to see where I want to see where the pinnacle where pinnacle moves on to. Like what's what's next in their sights. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm digging the pinnacle though, big time though. Um, FTR, uh, FTR, MJF, love that combination of those guys throwing Wardlow in there. Absolutely, Spears is what Spears is. But, uh, yeah, and, I, and I'm loving the Tully influence as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to like, uh, a brighter future with these two uh, two factions going in separate directions. Yeah, for sure. 
Absolutely. Then we had, again, Jade Cargill continuing to put people over. And Jade was interrupted by the Mark Sterling guy who hasn't really been there all that much. I mean, who, what was Mark Sterling? Who is he the... Who is that guy? Mark Sterling. He's a wrestler. He's an indie wrestler, and he's got good mic skills. He was played MJF's lawyer during the Moxley feud. Oh, okay. So that's who the guy was. And But Jade, you know, it's funny you asked that because Jade, of course, ended her segments by asking, who is that guy? <laughs> so, Serena D. Red Velvet, good match. Who won? I don't know. I fast-forwarded it. Uh, yeah, me no, too. I'm, no, I'm kidding. Serena Deep one tapped out Red Velvet. She put on her Serenity Lock, um, which is, I believe, a, some kind of leg lock. And Red Velvet tapped out. The NWA title getting more exposure, but I'd be interested to see where that ranked in the ratings. It was probably the part of the show I cared about the, the most. At least, rather. Part of the show I cared about the least. Oh, and here we go next. Anthony Agogo versus Austin Gunn. And, man, the only cool thing about this is Austin Gunn really knows how to sell a friggin' beating, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, it was not a good match, man. Like, uh, I hate the body blow thing. I know you hate the body blow thing, but... I mean, yeah, it really wasn't the best part of the match. I mean, Austin Gunn sold that last body blow. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Austin Gunn. I know he was supposed to be an afterthought in this match, but, I mean, geez, I've been a big fan of Austin Gunn for a while. I like him more than I ever liked his father. Wow. You were never asked, man? I never liked his father, though. So there's probably that's part of the reason. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, they they served him up to a go-go. And, uh, yeah, and I'm loving how, like, Cody's coming out there with the American flag. Like, it's Rocky Four. I was just going to say there was definitely with Rocky Four vibe. Because right. if you notice, Austin Gunn was kind of spasming just like Apollo Creed was in Rocky Four. So I'm not doubting for one second, knowing Cody friggin' Rhodes and the way he thinks, that he's like, hey, check out that. And they were emulating that scene somewhat when yeah. Balboa was holding Creed in his arms and looking at the, yeah. the devastating puncher. Yeah. I don't care about exactly. anything going on with Cody Rhodes. He's, we, we talk, I, I'm not even going to spend time burying him because I buried him last week. Fuck him. What do you think about the rumors that they... Uh... They're sort of uh, booking this separately and like they're not really working together. I think it's pretty obvious. Who's not working together? Uh, the EVPs. There's like a there's like a, a fracture between the group. Well, there's something going on. Cody has not interacted with them at all since this whole thing started. And I, and by the way, right. they have a clear different vision of what professional wrestling should be. So I think it might be a situation where creatively they just wanted to go separate ways. I think it's a creative thing. Yeah, it's been mentioned Cody has not been on BT in a long time. No. Uh, they're not. Uh, their their feuds are nowhere near each other. Yep. Like, 
And it's just it's just odd the way they're booking Cody away from things. And it's been terrible. Yeah. Cody's star, again, Cody is treating himself like he's a big star. He's not. He's a career mid-carter. Let's call him what he is. He's headlined. How many pay-per-views in his career? When he was the star guy. Not when he was in a tag match, when John Cena and some other big star was wrestling him and whoever else. I'm talking about was him and somebody else was the match. And I know he stole the show a couple times, with obviously with his brother and a few times in WWE. But when the frig has Cody ever been a main eventer consistently? So I'm not going to treat him like a main eventer. I'll tell you the answer once. And he lost to Jericho. So Cody, I don't care about. He's a mid-carter who's doing nothing for me. And I don't care if he has an issue with Kenny Omega and their vision because they are completely different. You got one guy on AE and NWA and the other guy's trying to build some kind of weird anime game. I don't know what's going on with Kenny Omega. (laughs) We're just polar opposites. And I'm telling you, just for me, Cody Rhodes had it. He had it there. And I don't know what happened, but it seems like as soon as that disgusting tattoo was put on on his neck, his entertainment value and his ability to entertain has dropped faster than Bitcoin did last week. And that was fast. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't buy until Sunday when it crashed. (laughs) It's a way to play the market, Mr. Valley. Well, I have to rebuild my my fortune, as you know. I know. Have made $2,000 the last two days. Look at that. You mean $200,000? Were you being humble, Mr. Valley? Uh, Yes, of course. I meant $200 million. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't have underestimated it myself. I just put put a, a, a few million into a little cryptocurrency named Shibu or something. I don't know. It was some kind of language I didn't really understand. And man, it took off today. So we're good. <laughs> Sounds like great advice. Shibu. It's another dog one. It's, it's, it's another dog themed cryptocurrency. Man's best friend. All right. Well, anyways. Probably going to edit the whole cryptocurrency thing out. Anyway. <laughs> then would I? Then I'd like to talk about this, actually. And it was a backstage segment with Christopher Daniels, who, as we mentioned last week, cut a really great promo questioning if he's going to retire or not. Uh, Christopher Daniels was asked a question by Alex Marvez. He's a big, goofy-looking dude. I really like Alex. Yeah. The fo- and after he basically Marvez asked him what's going on with his future, Crystal Daniels hugged Frankie Kazarian, shook his hand, whispered something to him, and walked off. And I love this Frankie Kazarian that we saw next. Yeah, yeah, it was a great step up for him, and I already like him a lot to begin with. He's got a Stone Cold vibe, more so than even... 
Moxley does, like a legit Stone Cold vibe, kind of like a Southern, just kick-ass Southerner. Even, I don't even know if he's Southern, but he talks with a slight accent. He's from California, right? I don't know if that's where he's originally from, but it doesn't matter. He just, but he has a vibe that he doesn't, he doesn't, he has a vibe that he's just walking around, but now he's going to go walk around and just try to raise hell and kick some ass. And um, yeah, I love this promo by Kazarian and he's going to have a really nice signals run coming up and that's going to, that's exciting. He's going to align himself with Christian Cage, man. Oh. They're going to link them. <laughs> Cause I think Christian might win that battle Royale and then go against Kenny Omega. That is not a promise. That is not a threat. That's the gospel, according to Frankie Kazarian. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was a huge Stone Cold moment for sure. It's going to be great. So that's something to look forward to, brother. It's going to be And if he's going to feud with the elite. Now, here's the thing, though. They really got to get, I don't know, the elite thing isn't working really all that well right now. So they got to turn the wheel. Now that there's crowds coming back, they got to really start making this a little bit more interesting overall yeah 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 definitely and, and they're doing that by having a hunter amongst the group now guy that is definitely calling them out yep absolutely so yep so next we talked about best man miro came into the ring really his best promo i ever saw miro have and he played off the crowd too when they were chanting, we want Darby. He said, here's your Darby right here with holding up the title. Got immediate hate even more. And then really good promo talking about how Darby Allen disrespected him and he forgave him. And make another one of your gritty student videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that line. I thought that line was great too. Oh, man. Shut up, old man. I'll be damned if I don't walk out May 30th, the new TNT champion. Mira said, shut up, old man. I, uh, I And then he, of course, said that line about the, the yoga, which is fantastic. Oh, man. So next Friday, it'll be TNT champion. They're setting up everything for next week. And then it was the main event, the tag team title match, the Young Bucks. I was a little underwhelmed that Griff Garrison was in a main event match for at a dynamite. And even Brian Pillman Jr., God bless his heart. Even though I like their vibe and I like this Julia Hart girl, but where are they coming? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yeah. sorry. I don't know. I'm just Griff Garrison in a main event. I was a little underwhelmed by that, to be honest. But yeah. It was a good match. What do you find? A good match. What do you find what do you find annoying about Griff Griff Garrison? I don't find look. I don't find him annoying at all. I just, I don't know. They've, they've been kind of goofy on dark. They're kind of two goofy guys. They're the main event. All the tag teams Griff, you have in this in this company, and they're the they're the ones you're going to put on as the main event. Well, they're trying to they're trying to gain some steam off the whole Brian Pillman dark side of the ring thing. You know, he's a sympathetic figure, and then. What's funny is with Griff Garrison, when I look at him, to me, he looks like the new improved, like Jungle Boy. It's interesting you said that because on Being the Elite, one of the funniest bits with the great late Brody Lee was early early in his tenure. He just got there and they're all trying to kiss his ass. And, and that's when Silver and Reynolds became the new recruiters. And they were trying to recruit somebody yeah. and they were like, oh, we got somebody. We 
And he's like, who'd you get? Who'd you get? You know, Brody Lee was excited. Who'd you get? We got Jungle Boy. And then they go in, they turn him around. And then they're like, wait a minute, that's not Jungle Boy. And then Brody Lee is like, it's, who the fuck is And they say, he said, who are you? He says, Griff Garrison. And then he said, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Get him out of here. So it's funny that you actually made that connection between Jungle Boy and Griff Garrison. He totally looks like him. The yeah. hair is what throws me. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a varsity blonde. And then there's another blonde chick now who also is with him. Who I like what they got going on, man. I really do. I, I yeah. so they did more for me. So I so going into it, I was on like as I was saying, going into it, I was a little underwhelmed. But they did a good showing. They you know you knew they weren't going to win the match, clearly. But you know it's it made them look great, and it was a great match. What did you think about the end, which we talked about earlier? What did you think about it after the Bucks? Finish the match off. Moxley and Kingston hit the ring. They basically attack him, put him in the sleepers, and then Kingston and Moxley steal their shoes. What did you think? I loved it, actually. What did you think about it? I mean, it was a way to create some sort of heat between the two, and, you know, it's a little bit on it's it's on the humorous side, so it's okay. I mean, but, you know, Eddie Kingston just sort of turns me off, you know? And, uh, and you know what, like Moxley and Kingston, I don't know if you noticed, but they have their own like merchandise together. So th- they're in for the long haul on this. Well, they'll make t-shirts anyway now, like right now, because of the t-shirt they, with the, what they have going on with, P- with PWTs, it's really not, the overhead isn't that much. It's not like they have to invest thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. So t-shirts aren't that big of a deal but yes they are making this a legitimate tag team because if they're going to get a a title shot a tag team championship match they want to make it legitimate right you know what you always what do you always hear about a wwe tag team well they ruined the division by putting single stars together yeah and by the way matt jackson referenced that in his promo this past week he said this isn't the other place where two single stars get together and beat a really great tag team so yeah yeah i I mean yeah i I, like as far as uh the way it ended it was okay Uh, i was i was cool with it i mean it's one way like i mentioned kind of create some heat between the two of them and then so like you mentioned for bt uh matt jackson went and cut a pretty good promo on eddie kingston and who can't get behind that so uh (laughs) that's a positive i i mean i wish they had done that on dynamite it's funny you say that because that has been a monster quote that Matt Jackson has actually referenced when people said that. He said, you should have done it on dynamite. And he did the jerk off sign. So that's what Matt Jackson thinks about you saying that. Wow. Literally. Uh, I mean, should have done it on dynamite. Yeah. he literally did that. Walked. It was, I think they ended one of the BTEs that way. Disrespectful punk. Totally. I'm not going to let him bring my bring me down. And you can probably kick the shit out of Matt Jackson. I mean, he's a tiny guy. I mean, he's little pie face himself. I'll tell you what, though. I don't think these guys are wrestling more than a couple more years, by the way. I think they have it planned. Really? Out. I think that at, at least Matt Jackson is going to retire. I think they both have designs at retiring around 40. 
Hmm. Uh, I think Matt's got another year or two. I mean, maybe 43 and 40. I don't know, but these guys aren't going to be wrestling when they're pushing 50. They've come out. They've, they've a couple times they've had an opportunity. So enjoy the bucks while you have them folks. They're not in it for the long haul. Well, I hope we get a long feud with FTR before it's all done. Yeah. I think they got a lot of wrestling to do. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think 10 years from now, the bucks are going to be wrestling anymore. So enjoy them or don't. Or hate them, whatever. Either Cherish way. them. Love to hate them. Bask in there. Exactly. So, and this week, it's going to actually be a Friday night dynamite. Which is interesting, what they picked Friday night. Is it going directly up against SmackDown? It would have no, to be, wouldn't it? Unless it's later. No, it is not. Dynamite will be on a special night in time. Live Friday, May 28th at 10. Wow, that's a big night of wrestling, man. So get your popcorn Friday night. You got SmackDown and you got AEW Dynamite. You know what would be interesting? If they moved to that that every Friday night. I don't know if they would. That would be an interesting way. You can catch SmackDown and then go right over to AEW. It's a lot of wrestling in one night, though. It is. So, anyways, so that's what we got going on with AEW this week. So we'll see what happens with Dynamite. I think Miro's actually got next week on the special Friday night Dynamite. Joey Janela has been taking on Hangman. The oh god, Anthony Agogo and Cody Rhodes are going to have a weigh in. Is, I mean, it's, it's, is Mrs. Drago going to be there and talk shit? <laughs> they should hire Brigitte Nielsen to appear there in her old character. Well, hell, Cody looks like her. He could just play her and like they could edit him in. <laughs> Bring Lana in and she'll just do the fir- the old gimmick she had when Rusev first came in. You know what? They should have Cody play Brigitte Nielsen as Mrs. Drago. Brilliant. And then and then and then then dub Lana's accent doing lines from that movie and Cody can act them out. And that's probably the only way to make that thing entertaining. <laughs> you think that Russia is so bad. The only thing it would be weird <laughs> is that Goku's fucking British. <laughs> yeah, that would be the way to go. But... <laughs> oh, man. And at the end, of course, Cody's going to have the crowd cheering for him. Oh, at this weigh-in, though, a Gogo's going to go and fucking nail him with that body blow, and it's going to be like, oh, oh how's Cody going to ever wrestle in this? His ribs were broken. Coming to that match all taped up. He books himself like his father, but he's a jerk off mid Carter. <laughs> it's it, I, I just don't like a go go. And like, I don't even like, here's another thing. Did you notice? Did you pick this up when a go go uh, started the match? Um, he's the heel, obviously. He goes into the corner and he cro- they show him crossing himself. So he's like a good Christian boy heel. I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, are you 
are, are you this you know guy with all this humility or you know are you the same guy who's about to go and like rip up the american flag too yeah and obviously they're not sticking to the storyline because rocky balboa does that in the, in the corner right yeah oh man uh, there's going to be a celebration of the inner circle, which again leads me to believe that it might be closing time. If you're not sleeping with the help, you got to leave. <laughs> oh. Dark, <laughs> Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Darby Allen versus Caesar Bononi with Dolph Ziggler's brother. And Sting will be there as well. Hikaru Shida's one-year anniversary as AEW's world champion, the most dominant world champion in AEW history, and the least over. So great job. Orange, <laughs> Orange Cassidy will respond to Kenny Omega's offer to defer his double or nothing title shot. You know, we make light of it, but we make light of it, but it's hard to do what Shida did. <laughs> like the longest reigning and like not over in the slightest it, it was she got the baron corbin push but actually got the title pretty much yeah a good wrestler too i mean i'm not shitting on her but she just wasn't over and no one cared Meltzer disagreed with me on twitter and me and Meltzer had a twitter battle did you yeah what happened Do you, can you read it i said hikaru shida does not move the needle and he said Yes, she does because the, there's a ratings pop every time she goes. But she, if you look into the numbers, the biggest number any female got consistently was Britt Baker DMD. Women were getting pops any, anyhow. And also, she would, Sheeta would follow a not so great segment. But Meltzer just thought that that number is okay. And then I got blitzed with about 20 people tweeting at me, calling me stupid a dumb mark saying that all I would understand if I just read his newsletter, which I'm never going to pay Dave Meltzer a dime of my fucking money. Sorry. With all due respect to him. But it was just, I got like bombarded. I was like, holy shit, guys. It was just in a disagreement. I mean, I didn't call, I wouldn't go off on him or anything. And then the disciples of Meltzer came out out of the woodwork and try to go and strong arm Mr. Silicon Steve Valley. Yeah, it was it was actually like gang warfare. And Vince Russo's got the same kind of vibe going to him with his supporters. Weird. Like very tribal. And you're gonna be tribal for fucking Dave Meltzer or Vince Russo. That's the guy you're gonna go to war for. Okay. You're gonna spend time out of your day arguing about the sanctity of them as people and as sayers over the professional wrestling industry. That's where you're going to spend your day. Okay, cool. Says the guy who spent his day tweeting at Dave Meltzer. <laughs> exactly. That's how you spent your day. That's but how it was I different. spent my day. But he retweeted it with a reply, and I felt good about that. You're like, oh, he knows I exist. <laughs> anyway so that's all happening next week so i'm looking forward to orange cassidy that's probably going to be a decent segment again I, I don't like how this title match was thrown together 
what have you. But it's, it's a Friday night. We have a pretty cool situation happen with SmackDown. We're going to see the death of the Usos as we know them. And I'm wondering if it's going to be the same exact story with Jimmy as it, there's got to be something different between Jimmy and Jay. Maybe it's the fact that the major difference is just Jay's going to be the difference maker in that. But I don't know. What are they going to do to get Jimmy to be and acknowledge Roman Reigns? Uh, I have no idea, man. I, I beats the hell out of me. I, I, I mean, it's just going to be interesting t- storytelling here. Uh, and uh, really what's going to be the, how can I put this? The thing that'll be over the top is his brother's reaction to whatever Roman's doing. If he gets in there and beats him down with Roman, then it's over. They're going to beat him into submission probably to join them. Yeah, it's going to be very cool how that story progresses. And then, of course, we have the go-home show for double or or nothing with AEW Dynamite directly after SmackDown. So four hours of professional wrestling on Friday night. I'm looking forward to it. And then we got double or nothing on Sunday night. So a big weekend of wrestling coming up. And we talked about it. AEW has got to hit this pay-per-view out of the park after what they have done the last couple of months. Any thoughts going into this pay-per-view? Yeah, man, they got to go and seal the deal, really. They cannot have any stupid mishaps. Don't overshoot things on this. Just give the people a decent wrestling show. Which Keep it within usually- their own limits. Yeah, and just don't don't do anything crazy. And it might be the stadium stampede match where they go overboard and it looks stupid again. And then that's the only place I could see a true like mishap happening. Uh, but the other matches, I yeah have a lot of good faith for. You know, it's it's going to be good. And there's going to be a capacity crowd, I believe. I don't. It's not sold out yet, but they are. I don't know if it's sold. It was not sold out last I checked. But it's going to be close. It's already close to a sellout. So you're going to have a capacity crowd there with Orange Cassidy and possibly closing the segment with Kenny Omega. That's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. So that point, man. Well, all right. Well, we're going to catch you guys a little bit later this week. We're going to talk about the Ultimate Warriors biography and we'll go over the Ultimate One's fantastic life. And the homage. And I hope, I just pray we can get Mrs. Warrior on here to fillet her late husband. Oh, just another five minutes of my life. Because she hasn't taken it. <laughs> she hasn't taken enough. I have a feeling we're never going to win the Warrior uh, Award. No. No, we're not going to. And I'm okay with that. I've accepted that. I'm okay with that, too. Yeah, I'm cool with it. So we'll check you guys out later on. That show is going to drop on Friday. We will see you guys then. Check us out. This is Silicon Steve Valley for Vlad the Impaler for High Spots and Cheap Pops. We'll see you guys later here on the Gen Zen Broadcasting System.